Australia and New Zealand in the T20 Tri-Series final and the fallout from Sergio Aguero's fan fracas in the FA Cup. That and more on The Splash today. It's Wednesday, February 21. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash. Hello and welcome to The Splash. I'm Wilson Smith. It's been a stunning turnaround from Australia in the T20 format. They've been the dominant force, really, in the Tri-Series with England and New Zealand. And tonight they find themselves facing off with the Kiwis for the trophy. To talk us through that and the upcoming series against South Africa, I'm joined by Fox Sports cricket journalist Jacob Curiep. Thanks for coming in, Jakey. Hey, Wilson. Lovely to be here. No worries. So, as I mentioned, I don't think anyone in the country really expected Australia to be as good as they have been, but, you know, uh, yet here they are in the final. Yeah, it's been a huge surprise, really. Um, For a long time now, pretty much since the format began, 2020 cricket has been Australia's, you know, worst. It's it's been the format they've been worst at. Um, They've just never really come to grips with how rapidly the format has changed from, you know, just being go hard and go fast to, you know, being a real game of skill and enterprise. Um. But yeah, it's, it's remarkable because they went into this series sitting seventh. If they win tonight, they'll be the number one 2020 team in the world. That sounds insane to me because they've only played a very limited amount yeah. of games. How does that even work? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's got a lot to do with the ICC uh, ranking system and the fact that very little 2020 international cricket has played. So there's not right. that big a gap between, you know, top and bottom. It's also got to do with the fact that with, with, um, you know, Australia are seventh, were seventh. Mm. Um, New Zealand and England were, I think, second and fourth, so quite high, quite highly ranked. So okay. Australia picked up plenty of points for winning those games. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been qu- it's been quite the turnaround, kind of powered by um, Ashton Agar touched on this yesterday in an interview with RSN. Um, it's just been down to picking players off the back of BBL form. You yeah. Know, picking 2020 specialist bowlers who have plenty of variety, can nail their Yorkers and, mm. you know, know how to bowl in, in 2020s. They know how to exert their skills perfectly over four overs. Yeah. Um, and batsmen who, you know, come in off, you know, a month and a half of playing 2020 cricket. So they don't have to change gear as yeah. much as we saw with um Take, take the Test in One Day series that we had over the summer where... Australia dominated the Ashes and mm. then took the core of that group into the one-day series and really struggled to get going. Yeah. So not only has like the team turned it around, but also the um, probably what the fans think about it, they would have balked at the idea of having a team with no big test stars in it once upon a time. Maybe not even that long ago. Before this series, yeah. perhaps, they would have thought it's outrageous that we don't have yeah. any of the test um, and one-day players in there. Well, not yeah. any, but I think now it's a case of just purely picking on limited over form, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. Um, I think it's also got to do with people just like to see a winning team. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, we'll get around whoever it is as long as we're <laughs> winning, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like 2020 cricket for a long time now on the international stage has been talked down as, you know, the ugly duckling. We don't need it. Yeah. Now that Australia's successful, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more positive mm-hmm. spin around the uh, the 2020 international format. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think people are getting around this team because there are so many... Pu- a lot of that's because of the success of the BBL. You know, mm. people have now properly rooting for teams in the BBL yeah. and you've got your fan favourites like Chris Lynn and Darcy Short mm. so the, the next generation is seeing these guys that they've they've loved to watch battle summer and now they're on the international stage doing it in Australia colours yeah so speaking of Australian colours tonight uh, against New Zealand for the final uh, what do you think's going to go down there <laughs> based on how this series has gone so far do you think we're a bit of a shoe in yeah. T20's kind of a crapshoot still that, that, that's, that's the thing T20 cricket any, you know, anything can happen it's, yeah. it's the format where you know one player 
really can make make all the difference in the world. One big innings or mm. one great spell, one bad over even. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm I'm backing Australia not just because they've won each of their four matches in the Tri Series comfortably, mm. um, but because New Zealand has actually lost 13 straight finals matches to Australia. Um, so obviously they haven't played a, they, haven't, they haven't played a 2020 final against Australia, um, and a few of those finals matches are in you know best of five series, best of three series. But that's that's 13 straight finals matches they've lost to Australia. That's incredible. And they last won in 1981. That was to start a best of five uh, Benton and Hedges series. Right. Benton and Hedges World Series was the final leg mm. of that tournament. Okay. Um, they won the first one and they lost the next three, and. They haven't won uh, a, ma- a final match against Australia since. That's incredible. We're going to have to find the resident Kiwi upstairs to throw that in the face <laughs> Um One man tonight, the spotlight will well and truly be on Dave Warner. Now, he's been the captain for this series, and uh, you'd have to say that his form's been patchy at best, even in liv- limited overs, which is it's tough to get a real read on someone's form. Um, as you say, anything can happen. But, uh, I mean, how do you think Dave Warner realistically is travelling, and do you think he should be the T20 captain? Um, you know, it's funny. He hasn't actually had the best series with the bat. He hasn't had a great time in white ball cricket over the past this summer, as, as you know, as you touched on. He, d- he did come back into a little form in that last match. But as captain, I've been well and truly impressed by David Warner. His, his bowling changes have been excellent. They've often led to wickets. His, yep. his field placement's been, you know, quite sharp. Um, you know, he's, he's showing why he's an IPL winning captain. Yep. Um, and he, he just looks a natural fit as the 2020 captain. He's won seven of his eight matches as Australia's 2020 captain. Mm. That's a record unmatched by any previous Australian captain. You know, I think the most wins by an Australian captain is 14 matches. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, 2020 cricket hasn't been around that long, and the captaincy has been a, a constantly revolving door. But considering his success and, and the workload concerns around Steve Smith, I, I don't see why David Warner shouldn't take over full-time in the, in the 2020 Format and um, you don't think he's being overstretched? Well, that's that's the other concern yeah. because the reason Steve Smith isn't playing this series is because you know he admitted after you know after the one day series that he was completely burnt out. Yeah, um, you risk doing the same thing with David Warner, but I'd say considering where twenty twenty cricket is going, it's worth having a guy like David Warner there as as a constant. Yeah, he's absolutely too valuable um, in the field and with the bat. Yeah, and then possibly. You know, finding finding a way to lighten his workload somewhere else. Um, it's tough. It, it's really tough, and I think a lot of it's on one days. Um, Would he ever on give on up the one days, mate? I don't think so. No, I, I, I think, don't it, think it, he it's either. still too valuable TV rating wise, and um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll give him up for a while at least. Okay. And are you taking anything out of uh, this current series? Looking forward to South Africa. Are you taking any sort of indications of form or anything like that? What are you sort of expecting? Uh, well, not really, just because David Warner is the only player who will be part of that South Africa series. Right. They've, they've rest, the rest of the squad has gone over to South Africa already. They started a tour match tonight. They're, mm-hmm. they're the f- I think the one, and o- the one and only tour match they have before the first test. Um, okay. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, I think, Steve Smith, after quite a lean one-day series, will be looking forward to getting back against the red ball and trying to rediscover that form that, you know, had him scale such remarkable heights over the summer. Yep. Usman Khawaja will be looking to shut up his critics about being a, a home track bully, and Cameron Bancroft will be looking to really nail down that spot at the top of the order. Yep. Okay, and speaking of uh, scaling heights, Virat Kohli, he's... Uh 
He's got an interesting stat there, which I'm sure you just can't wait to tell us all about. <laughs> um, the man is a freak. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's insane. So he had a really great one-day series against South Africa. Um, scored something like 600, maybe 600 runs across six one-dayers against South Africa. Wow. Averaged over 100. Um, and that's seen him shoot up to about to 909 points on the ICC ODI batting rankings. Yeah. Um, so he's 65 points ahead of A.B. de Villiers, who sits second. Yeah. That, that's huge. But the most impressive thing is he's only the, the second player to ever have more than 900 points in both test and one-day cricket at the same time. So that, that's ever. The mm. only ever player to do it is A.B. de Villiers, and that was in 2015. So um, it's quite remarkable. Uh, you know, Steve Smith is comfortably the best test batsman in the world, but it's getting incredibly hard to deny the fact that Virat Kohli is the best across formats. Well, on that down note for Australians, uh, that match tonight, the T20 final, that's live on Fox Sports from 5pm. Jacob, thanks very much for coming in today. Thanks for having me, mate. Okay, we mentioned earlier the ugly incident between Manchester City's Sergio Aguero and a Wigan Athletic fan after the Citizens were dumped out of the FA Cup by the League One side. Here to give us the latest on that and also today's Champions League results is self-confessed Chelsea tragic Fox Sports football lead writer Dave Weiner. Nice to have you here, Davo. Great to be here, but always impartial. Of course, absolutely. Uh, now, Dave, <laughs> the 1-0 win, uh, it was a pretty stunning result for Wigan, but the ugly clashes um, with the fans have really left a bad taste in everybody's mouth after that. What's the latest on that? Yeah, it was a, a remarkable headline, um, seeing Sergio Aguero. Look, it's pretty rare to see Manchester City uh, lose at all, and they were gunning for four trophies across all competitions. That, that's now not happening because it's an FA Cup defeat. Mm. A stunning result with Will Griggs' um, late winner. You do uh, love to see yesterday. that. Look, it was great. FA Cup drama following Tottenham's result the day before and it was it sets the cat amongst the pigeons because City have not been uh, City have conquered everything before them this season including in the Champions League at the moment yep. they're going beautifully so the latest to come back to your question is Sergio Aguero actually hasn't been charged the two clubs have been charged for failing to control their players right. um, but Wigan themselves will open an investigation to what happened after reports that uh, the, pl- the, the fan Sergio Aguero was seen uh, tangled with looked like he threw a punch um, spitting allegations as well mm-hmm. as some pretty nasty language being thrown towards the Argentine striker. Right. Um, the language being used um, by reports in the UK is that the club is even looking at whether or not they can go to the police and look at a common assault claim against the fan. That seems like a big stretch to make. Perhaps it's a smoke stream to deflect attention away from pretty ugly scenes after the game. Yeah. But with some of the language being described, some of the tabloid press that the fan did say, it's a pretty ordinary stuff. So was Aguero's reaction. So it's a surprise that he's not coming for some uh, more punishment, given he has also in the past actually shown a bit of a short fuse when yeah. things are going against him. Yeah. Um, but as it stands at the moment, he's fit to play in their next uh, game and uh, both clubs will wait to see uh, how they res- we'll wait to see how both clubs respond to the charges from the FA. Okay. Um, this morning uh, was relatively dramatic, I guess. One all draw between Chelsea and Barcelona in the Champions League round of 16. Um, uh, five nil beat down between Bayern and mm-hmm. Besiktas in the other one. But what are you taking out of the results from uh, your beloved Blues this morning? <laughs> no, it was a compelling game because it was the classic contrast in tactics. You had Barcelona come to the champions of England who decided to cede all of the ball Yep. to the La Liga champions. Uh, Barcelona had over 70% of the ball for, for much of the game. Yeah. But Chelsea decided to absorb that. They decided to go. They had Alvaro Morata and Olivier Giroud, two big target men strikers on the bench, which was a 
Interesting selection from Antonio Conte, and he went with three really fast, mobile players up front, William, Eden Hazard, and, of course, Pedro, the former Barcelona player. And to be fair, to an extent, that worked. The, they mm. were able to, in fits and starts, put pressure on Barcelona playing the ball out. And you have to say that, given the fact that William hit the both posts yeah. um, from some scintillating uh, counter-attacking play from the hosts in the first half... When Barcelona had all the ball and weren't creating chances themselves, you have to say that the game plan did work to an extent. Yep. The difficulty is they now go to the, the fortress of Camp Nou in, in Barcelona, a big, yeah. vast pitch, and Chelsea did concede a, a goal, um, an away goal as well for Barcelona. It's yep. going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a classic snatch and grab for Chelsea to go there again, an away goal yep. in Spain themselves. The disappointing thing for Chelsea fans is for 90 minutes of stoic um, really well-organised defending. Yeah. Uh, it was a moment of madness yeah. that cost them. And of course, how were they punished? Andres Iniesta, who broke Chelsea's hearts in 2009, teeing up Lionel Messi, who had never scored against Chelsea in some 730 minutes of European action. That's quite incredible in itself. It's actually an amazing stat. I mean, I guess when you have such a vast crew like Messi, there's going to be all sorts of stats you can pull out. Oh, but that bet. was the longest club drought he has had in his career. So wow. he's broken that one off. Um, a key away goal. Look, Chelsea are up against it. Mm. Um, very interesting quotes from Cesc Fabregas, the former Barcelona player, now in Chelsea's midfield, had a very good game. Um, he said that it'd be a suicide mission for Chelsea to go to Barcelona and think they can sit on the edge of their box and keep Barcelona out yeah. for 90 minutes. They won't be able to do that. There's too many attacking options for Barcelona. Um, but the tie is alive, as is Juve. Um, Tottenham, yep. as is Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Really interesting stuff. Look, there have been some uh, mismatches. Bayern Besiktas was that. A 16th minute red card for Besiktas didn't help proceedings. In fact, it killed the game. It was a fair decision. Um, and the German son went on and had a party after that. Okay. Uh, locally, well, I guess locally, uh, Melbourne Victory had a real struggle there in the Asian Champions League. Uh, against Shanghai, mm. uh, what does that mean to you? Do you think they went in there with a like a chance of winning, or does this just highlight the gap between you know yeah, quality? It was a tough night. The offense has been a tough campaign for Victory, um, who had just started to maybe show a few signs of recovery in recent weeks, but still, there's there's a fair bit of pressure on Kevin Musket, who's gone from being um, included in those candidates for the Socceroos job a few months back to now probably fighting to guarantee that he'll get a contract at victory next year. There's wow. a few questions being asked in that sense. Um, they're fifth in the A-League. They're, they're miles off Sydney FC. Not to say they can't go and pinch hit at the finals and, and, mm. and do something special. They've mm. got the quality in their roster to do that. But uh, individually, there are a few questions being asked. Some players have hit their strides at various points of the season, not, probably not all of them at the same time. And at the mm. moment, Bessa Barisha continues to be questioned whether he's at his best, whether he can maintain you know, that form, cons if he can get back to his best consistently. Um, he was heavily criticised last night. Look, you're talking about a team last night going to China where they've got Oscar and Hulk, two mm. famous Brazilian stars. Oscar, um, you know, the, both of them benefited from that huge China spending spree a couple of years back. Oscar's on $700,000 Aussie dollars a week. I mean, a that's, week. that's what we're talking about. I mean, Christ. it's quite extraordinary. Uh, the talent that they're up against last night. But victory would have had ambitions of going there, particularly after the disappointing uh, or dropping points on the opening match day, uh, and going there and having a well-organised, um, disciplined performance and coming away with a credible performance, a credible 
a point perhaps mm-hmm. uh, it probably the margin probably could have been more um, and uh, they come back now and face Adelaide United with a short turnaround yeah. uh, I should mention as well that they had a week they had time to get to China with an extra day to prepare this time as well so there's probably not a lot of excuses um, for the, the game day execution um, and uh, pressure mounts on, on them to now you know, keep their group chances alive uh, yep. going forward um, while fighting on the A-League front. Adelaide United on the weekend, old rivalry team that fights for everything in the Reds. Um, mm. yeah, the questions continue to be thrown at victory. Plenty of challenges coming their way. Yeah, and you mentioned that Melbourne victory is a long way off Sydney FC, but the closest to them would have to be Newcastle Jets. Mm. Obviously, uh, they've been extremely impressive this season, a, a, an amazing turnaround. Um, do you think that they're a legitimate threat or are we getting... No, I really do. I really do, because maybe if you'd asked me this after the first eight weeks of the season, I would say, we've got to see. Let's wait on. Yep. But they're absolutely fabulous. They're fearless. Um, I know the Wanderers got something out of them on the weekend, but look at the two goals they scored. Andrew Naboo, Dimitri Petrados. My God, like, no wonder they're being talked about in Socceroos dispatches. Mm. They have quality, and they have quality that's still yet to come back from injury in uh, Ronnie Vargas and uh, Roy Ro Donovan up front. So... Um, I'd love to see the Jets set the cat amongst the Pigeons in the finals. They've got a fearless style of play. Um, they look to get the ball forward as often as possible. Their experience of heads have done really well this season. It's still, you would argue, Sydney FC's championship to lose. The premiership yeah. is all but theirs. The, the championship is still theirs to lose. But yeah. in, a, in a cup final situation, I would hate to come up against the Jets. Yeah. Um, and while speaking of Sydney FC, of course, um, they've probably got enough buffer not to worry about it, but they are fighting on the Asian Champions League front. They are in China themselves tonight, which you can see on Fox Sports, of course. Um, and they were found out in the Champions League last yeah. week at home, which is a rare thing for them to have to bounce back from a defeat. Yeah. I can't wait to see how they go this week because they come back from China and they have a Sydney derby this weekend. So a great challenge for them um, at a time where... Uh, you know what? They could be comfortable in the league, but they want to keep proving points. They want to keep proving that uh, you know they can still maintain those standards. And, and I can't wait to see how they bounce back in the Champions League and then and then fare against a, an improving Wanderers side on the weekend. Alrighty. Um, well, all this weekend's A League action of of course it's live on Fox Sports. Uh, Dave, thanks for your time today, mate. Uh, absolute pleasure. Anytime. And that's all for today. I'm Wilson Smith. Thanks for sitting in with us. And remember to tune in tomorrow for more of the splash. 